Next on BYU Sports Nation, the boy wonder of BYU football. Who is Robin to Taysom Hill's Batman? The starting running back is always an option. We're two-on-one with Algernon Brown as a part of our BYU football all-access coverage from fall camp. Plus, inside linebackers coach Paul Tidwell on the difference a year makes. And 6'4 BYU volleyball star Amy Boswell in studio. High knees. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station live in Radio Vision presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU, Tuesday, August 25th. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton. I am teamed up with a man who just broke 100 in bowling for the first time ever, Jerem Jordan. Huh? Listen, I can have the rails up if I want. Congratulations, man. What are you talking about, dude? What's your all-time high? 104? I don't know, 150 or something. You've bowled a 150. Uh, are we on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, I don't remember. 130, 40, 50? I don't know. You went bowling with Mitch Matthews recently. That's right. Uh, our newest elite commercial is out with Mitch Match. Um, it was a lot of fun. And we had a frank discussion about the elite thing. And everything's cool, man. Everything's good. He's like, no, I have thick skin. I'm like, I hope you don't need thick skin for this. I'm just saying you could be. And like, no one understands the argument of what we had, which is, you think he is now, I think he can be, uh, and we'll know pretty quickly in September. But it's a fun commercial. We tweeted it out earlier. Uh, we'll tweet it out again at BYU TV Sports uh, and at BYU Sports Nation. Check those out. It's a fun commercial. You play basketball with Mitch. That I do. And I am absolutely shocked that my colleagues at BYU Sports Nation would isolate the one frame of Mitch Matthews. Well, okay, the several hundred don't, frames. Don't spoil it. Of Mitch Matthews embarrassing me on a basketball court. Yeah. We all saw that coming. Yeah. Shocked. Who knew, who knew he had a uh, you know, bowling game like he did? Check that out. It's fun. It's getting some good run right now on the Twitter machine. Here it are today's fun. BYU Sports Nation headlines. Speaking of basketball, BYU men's hoops beat the European Basketball Academy yesterday in Barcelona. 102-74. The Kook shot 59%. Jamal Aitz didn't play for the second game in a row. He tweeted he's just resting. The Cougars look to finish the Spanish trip undefeated today against CB Castedefels at 2 p.m. Eastern. Nice pronunciation. Thank you. BYU football's home game against Virginia in 2020, Barbara Walters, is now on September 9th, 2023, according to fbschedules.com. Last night, number 19 BYU women's soccer. They were supposed to play in Hawaii, but then weather happened. Number three, Stanford and BYU did not play. Canceled due to unplayable field conditions. I didn't know Pac-12 money could um, control weather. They got a good workout in. They play Colorado on Friday live on BYU TV. Top drawer soccer puts BYU at number 14 in this week's poll. That game against Colorado is big. First regular season home game live on BYU TV, 9 Eastern time. Also, Colorado knocked BYU out of the NCAA tournament the last two years. Two years. A little revenge is in order for BYU and Provo. And USA Volleyball plays Brazil again tonight in the USA V Cup in the Jenny Craig Pavilion at the University of San Diego. That is affectionately known as the Slim Gym. One of the greatest names ever. Amazing. That's tonight. What's better than the Slim Gym? How about you rise and shout for what's trending? You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. The Robin to BYU's Batman. Rise. 
And Taysom Hill has after a season-ending injury. I don't feel intimidated. The BYU quarterback is clearly the lead role (laughs) in the BYU football blockbuster due out in the fall of 2015. Blockbuster? But who is the most important member of the supporting cast? Which is our Twitter question today. Who's the most important piece of the BYU offense? Not named Taysom. Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Dan Credits. Has to be the O-line. If they do their job, running backs will have lanes, opening up receivers, and allowing T4 chances to explode. T4. Interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah. T4. I like it. This is a nicknamed theme show. We'll get to that more of that a little bit later. Okay. No, no you said whole O-line. Can, we're talking individual. One Who's player. The player. Who's the player? At, at MK Jackman. Uh, Hugh Jackman weighs in. Trevor Sampson. Okay. Quality opponent. That's not an offensive player, but sort of. He scores points. With quality opponents this year, some games may come down to a late field goal. Could be the difference between eight and four and ten and two. That that now that's a good point, okay? Because BYU goes three and three in games decided by one possession or less. That is eight or less. When BYU's had good seasons, they've been able to win the close ones. In twenty eleven, I, I believe BYU was four and one or something, five and one in games decided by seven or less, and they ended up winning ten games. That's a that's a good point. You said to me earlier this week if you have a good kicker. That accounts for probably three or three or four points a game. And that's a big difference, right? BYU goes to the 30, they don't kick field goals. they got to get inside the 30 to kick field goals. So are we going to allow Trevor Sampson as an option? I say yes because he scores points. For the offense. Yes. Is he an offensive player? That's somebody I did not think about. Technically, no, but he scores points. So I, I say yes. I say we include because Trevor. Because I put him under the special teams umbrella, but yes, he scores points for yeah. the offense. So is Trevor Sampson... The second most important player to Taysom Hill. It's an interesting question. Use the hashtag BYUSN. There are a few other guys that jump right to the top of that list. Okay, and the first, uh, I'll go first. Tijon Karoma, to me, is the second most important player on the offense. The ball literally starts with Tijon Karoma in his hands. There are only two players who touch the ball every play. It's Tijon Karoma and it's Taysom Hill. The snap has to be good. Otherwise, that play breaks down quite a bit. Also, he makes the calls on the offensive line to protect the quarterback, y'all. So Taysom Hill uh, hopefully doesn't get hurt. Now, Taysom's gotten hurt in situations outside of the tackles, right? But Mitch Matthews and Nick Kurtz don't even get the rock if BYU can't protect him. So Tijon Karoma is the second most important piece to me because you can't even get the ball out to the other guys if he doesn't do his job well. And he is a really good player. Tijon Kroma could play in the NFL in a couple years. He is a good player. But the center is not a playmaker, so can it be the boy wonder? Can it be Robin? I feel like Tijon Kroma is more like Alfred protecting Taysom. Okay, protecting Batman. Will, will he ever let Taysom get hurt? Never. Yeah, right? Okay, so I'm, when I'm looking at it in terms of roles... I think it has to be a playmaker, and for me, it's Algie Brown. Well, T-John's the Hulk, sudden, okay? It's a different movie. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Is this Avengers or Batman? I don't know. Yes. Batman versus Superman. I think it's Algie Brown. He was all of a sudden thrust into the spotlight mm. the second we got news that Jamal Williams was withdrawing from school and would redshirt this season. What did Algernon Brown think when he heard that? We'll tell you coming up. We talked two-on-one with Algernon Brown. Algie has touched the ball 132 times in his BYU career, whether run or catch. And he averages 5.34 yards per touch. Okay. Okay, so how about a reference point with that, Jerem? Jamal Williams in his career averaged 5.52 yards per touch. 
pretty close. Mm. 5.34. Why wasn't that our stat of the day? Whether run or catch from Algie Brown to Jamal Williams, 5.52. So what playmaker, emphasis on playmaker, will touch the ball more than anybody besides the quarterback? Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Algernon Brown is BYU's top returning catch-slash-carry player at 9.1. Jamal Williams averaged 16.7 last year. Coming into this season, he would have been number one on this list of the receivers and running backs. But it is now Algernon Brown who, every time he touches the ball in a rush or a reception, gets 9.1 yards. I feel like BYU needs Algie Brown to be the boy wonder. They need him now, to now be here's, that guy. Now, here's the thing. Jamal Williams was a 17 touches, carries, or catches a game. I just realized the blue goggles are on my mic still. We'll just keep Good. Leave them there. Um, they're, they're in prime position to be used. Jamal was a 17 touches a game guy. Algernon Brown uh, was not up to 17. So d- does BYU get him up to Jamal's? quotient with uh, the amount of touches? I don't think so. I think that BYU will use more running backs than than uh, just use Jamal. Algernon is not a one-for-one switch with Jamal Williams. Now, hang on a second. If you look at the games that Algie Brown played when Jamal Williams was injured last year, two, had some good performances. two come to mind. 16 for 80 against UCF, and then 16 rushes, uh, I want to say, against Memphis. For, 19. For how many? He rushed 19. the ball 19 times in the bowl game against Memphis. Four. 79 yards, and he had one catch for seven yards. Okay, so not outstanding numbers, but serviceable. Okay, and Jamal yeah. Jamal had plenty of serviceable games in his role as the running back, whether catching or, rece- or, oh. or running. Algernon Brown does not have to be very good this season. He doesn't. He just needs to be good, whatever that is, because... BYU's got this great group of receivers, and they have a dynamic quarterback. Just don't be a weakness. Just don't be okay. you got to be good. You don't have to be great or fantastic or amazing. You just have to be good. Well, good. I'm looking at the numbers. That's good. Yeah. He averages over five yards per touch. UCF and and catches, you should certainly average more than rushes, right? So that brings that lower uh, average down. BYU needs to just... Be, uh, execute better. Like UCF, that should have been a win for BYU. BYU coughs it up. Was Algernon Brown on fumble? I can't remember. I think Algernon Brown fumbled. Uh, inside the, I want to say 40, when BYU was going to go up by double digits. That one in that stings. Game. That one stung, right? Algernon Brown had some great plays, though. Against Cal, he had bowled over a guy into the end zone. Fantastic. Uh, UConn, he had a nice run and catch for, I, I want to say, 25 yards in that game. So he's good out of the backfield, too, catching the ball. We asked him about that. You'll hear that coming up. He's got to be an important piece. I say Tijon, but Algernon Brown, for sure, has to be He has to be a good player this season for BYU. Or it's going to be tough because I don't think you can ask Nate Carter to be like the one and a half. He's got to be the two or the three. So why have we not pinpointed the center before Tijon Karoma as the second most important part of any offense because, next to the quarterback? Because there was Jamal, there's always an outstanding running back that you point at first. And then you look at the receivers or whatever. If Jamal Williams was here, I would say Jamal Williams easy. This is a credit to T. John Karoma. Because he's better than the average center. I think that I think that's the answer to your question. But how much can a center actually do? What what does the center actually do? I know this, but I want you to sell me hard on this. I want you to try and convince me that I am wrong. Why would you pick T. John Karoma over a running back? I'll repeat the things that I said. If if the snap's not good, 
the, the play ends there probably. Right? But then every center in America is more important than a running back. No, you're correct. There's more to it. I'm just getting going. Okay, okay that's number one. You've got to protect. You've got to block well. You could have a great running back and a crappy line, and unless your name's Barry Sanders, you're probably not getting a ton of yards. You need effective rushing. Like Algernon Brown could be first team All American rusher, but if the line is just okay, he may not have the holes to burst through. Now you can overcome some of that, but I'm, I'm talking over a whole season in a difficult September where BYU is playing more. Uh, they're playing tougher defenses. Nebraska has an NFL guy in Malik Collins on that line. There's going to be UCLA. There's going to be tough D lines that BYU is going to have to protect the passer and open up holes. And if they don't, I'm not sure you can get the ball out to other playmakers, right? So from from a from an evaluation standpoint, it's really easy to look at running backs and receivers. It's hard for laymen to look at linemen and go, that guy's really good. I'm not sure about that guy, right? We just see what Algernon Brown does, and then we go, oh, I guess the O-line's good. Here's the ammo that uh, I'm going to give to you. He's also the guy that's calling out everything on the offensive line. Yeah, and I mentioned that. Yeah. you know, And he's probably the guy that has the best chance to win some, some sort of award. He's probably better at, at his, some point in his We career. discussed this in the summer. He's probably better at his position than a lot of the other BYU players. Isn't that position. interesting? As a center. T. John Karoma. Yeah, I don't know exactly where he fits in. I think he's in the upper third in college football. Upper, I don't know, top 30. I, I, I can't break down the 28th ranked center in the 42nd. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Why don't you get on that? Again, you, you're trying to become the guy that like no, breaks I'm down not. kickers and punters. No, I'm not. <laughs> Aren't you? I just think it'd the be Luke funny. The Lou Rosa Award watch list expert? Please, no. Child, please. <laughs> Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. Who is the most important piece of the BYU offense, not named Taysom. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At TwinGuy33, it has to be Algie Brown. He will need to be enough of a threat that teams don't focus solely on Taysom. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't have to be fantastic, but he's got to be good. He's got to be good enough to, to earn respect from the defense. And then the play calling, can you can get the ball out to Nick Kurtz. What if, what if, what if BYU can't run the ball? They're not going to be able to throw the ball well, in my opinion. You run to set up the pass, and you pass to set up the run. That's simple. That's simple stuff. You can't just can't be you mediocre. You have to have gotta, both. You, you have to be have good. balance. Yes. He may be the most important player on the BYU offense, not named Taysom. One that we just discussed. His name is Algie Brown. He joins us next as part of our two-on-one fall football camp all-access interviews. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tuesday, September 1st, block out a three-hour chunk of time because it's the Super Tuesday. September 1st, next Tuesday, 6 Eastern Time is the first ever rebroadcast of BYU Sports Nation. Then at 7 Eastern Time, the worldwide premiere of Inside BYU Football, giving you an insider's look at the BYU football team this season. Then at 8 Eastern, the season debut of After Further Review, getting you ready for the Nebraska game. It's three hours of BYU football awesomeness next Tuesday, September 1st, starting at 6 Eastern Time. Super Tuesday! <laughs> I, I don't what's, know. what's the song here? 
It's it's it's, it's secret fighter <laughs> from but it, the BYU but radio promo. But it's also <laughs> Captain Planet. Oh yeah, yeah. That's He's true. a hero. No, that's what it's from. It took a while. <laughs> Who is the most important piece of the BYU offense not named Taysom Hill? Tweeting from at Tim Oblad. He says Tanner Mangum. Yeah, I went there. Interesting pick. To me, Tanner Mangum sits, I don't know, 8th, 12th, 13th on this list. And But if Taysom Hill ever got hurt, he jumps to number one. He is he vaulted just, boom, to number one. Just flies to number one. So there's a huge if right there, which is why Tanner is further down the list. And, yes. and for those wondering, we're going to practice. We're watching the time they give us to watch. And yesterday we watched Tanner Mangum looks good. Tanner Mangum reminds me, not to the same degree, but similar, of what we saw from Christian Stewart last year, which is, okay, that guy has a command of the offense, could come in, be confident, and make plays, and win games. He's really good. At Big Ben Ellis agrees with Jerem Jordan. How successful Karoma is will also dictate how successful the offensive line will be. See, I think you could have a really good O-line and then decent skill position players and make it work. You want everyone to be great. But you need the O-line to be good from the beginning. My pick for the most important piece of the offense not named Taysom Hill is a playmaker. It's Algie Brown. We're two-on-one with the BYU junior running back, BYU Sports Nation, all access at fall football camp. Algie, one of the first things I heard in fall camp was that you are lighter and quicker. How much do you really feel that compared to last year? Oh, last year, um, I was so being injured, like one game, one game on, one game off. I just I sat around, just went to rehab, and I gained a little weight. So I think off season I, I dropped a little little bit. I do, I do feel a lot faster. How much weight did you shed? A good a good seven eight pounds. Cool. Yeah. How what kind of difference does that make you think? Um, I think it just makes me quicker. Uh, it makes me more vulnerable. But I, I don't I don't know. If, yeah, I, I think it makes me better as far as getting around the edge and beating guys at speed. As a physical specimen, I, I can tell you right now, you, you don't look vulnerable, and your teammates are describing you as a bruiser. Would you rather be a bruiser, or do you, do you like the, the quick aspect of being a running back? I like a little bit of, a little bit of both, but whatever, my, whatever they want me to do, I'll, I'll do it. But I'm, I'm, I'm more of a, I can do both. I like both. With the loss of Jamal Williams, everyone's look to you as kind of, okay, there's the next guy in line. Uh, when you first heard that news, what kind of impact did that have on you personally knowing, okay, I have a bigger role? Um, at first, I was, I was a little just like, wow, that's a, that's a, lot, of, that's a lot of responsibility. But um, Coach, Coach Otwise, he's been doing a good job of just getting me mentally ready, mentally, and just like keeping me in line as far as uh, – like knowing what to do in certain uh, plays and just watching film, um, dissecting plays, um, more detailed stuff. So. Do you? F- I was gonna say, do you feel more pressure uh, with this, or have you? Is it a pressure on the group to perform? Yeah, at first I, I kind of felt a little bit pressured, but um, super selfish. But I think I think now it's it's kind of moved to more of the group. What are those conversations like now in the running backs room? behind closed doors in terms of what the expectations are and, and how you feel like you can rise up and meet the challenge? Um, yeah, Mark, Mark, he's, Coach why he's just like, he's, he's gotten super hard on us. He's being more uh, more deliberate with things, um, not as much joking around. 
but there, there can be sometimes. But he's he's doing a good job. When you look at fall camp so far, um, kind of describe what you guys you think you have done as an offense and as running backs as you get ready for Nebraska. Um, I think all, all the running backs all together, we've we've um, we've had a lot of young guys step up. Um, they've kind of taken the bigger role as being the bigger back, and so putting me in the back, and then. I think we all just kind of come together really well in the in, the, in our room, and so we, all, all our guys are just. I think we're ready. I know last year the nicknames were kind of a big part of the running back group. <laughs> now you said that they're, they're, things are more serious with Coach Atuaya, but are are the nicknames still there for everyone in the running back room? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Nate, we call him Shaky. You have to ask him about that one. <laughs> about Penguin. Penguin, yeah, Coach Coach. Uh, Coach Holiday, he's still using that one. Um, Do you like that one? I, I, he doesn't respond to it as much as Shaky. Shaky. <laughs> I like Shaky. shaky. How, about, how about you and Adam? Um, I, I don't know. They haven't given me one yet. Come on. Um, Adam, it's different. He's always the Haitian sensation. Yeah. Or uh, Machine. But. Oh, like the Machine. I like Machine. I've forgotten about. So, machine. do you ne- you need a nickname then? If you if you're willing to give me one, I, yeah. Okay. Might, we might have a Twitter question on BYU Sports Nation about that. I'm not sure. Yeah, we might need to come up with that. When, last year, Paul was the bruiser. He would carry the ball, but he, he was blocking a lot. Um, you mentioned that you're not in that role as much. Who are, uh, who are the guys in that role this year for BYU? So for sure we have A'i Ho Ching and then uh, Francis Bernard. He's, he's doing a good job of uh, coming in as a freshman and just picking things up really fast. So he's doing a good job. Where have you improved the most as a running back from day one when you came to BYU to where you are now, 12 days away from Nebraska? Hmm, I think just being a more uh, a smarter player, just um, watching film, knowing what to do in, with certain defenses. and I think that's the biggest thing for me that I picked up. When you're uh, in a situation this year where your role is a little different than last year, do you still expect to get the ball out of the backfield as a receiver uh, to the same degree you did last year? I know Cal... Uh, there was a big play in that situation. Um, yeah, we've been we've been practicing a lot of the uh, um, running back routes, um, and we, we've always had the same routes, and so it's kind of become more easy for us, the running backs, to kind of get the hang of things. And please tell me, the, is the rugby play still in the playbook? No, or is it no, gone. That, that, that was a strictly Paul thing. That was a Paul it's thing. It's thrown. Thank out. you. Yeah. Thank you. Algie Brown Thank is you. confirming that the rugby play. I can't, I can't pitch the ball. <laughs> it's been thrown out. <laughs> to save my life. When you are getting ready for a play, um, and let's say it's the read option with, with Taysom Hill, what's that dynamic like? How, how do you know when you're supposed to take the ball? A lot of it is him. He, he, he'll, he'll, he, he can kind of feel it. He'll kind of let go of it, or he'll just pull it right away. But I, I don't know. Is that it's tough kinda, to get, like, kinda, timing down? You kind of just have to guess sometimes, like, okay, am I going to get it? Am I not? If I don't get it, I have to go pick up some other guy to block. And so, yeah, it's, it's all on him. It's all on him. You'll, yeah. So if there's a fumble, it's his fault? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, put, we'll, put on, we'll put it on him. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It, it'll, it'll probably, it's, it's probably something wrong with the mesh and stuff. But, yeah. So going into Nebraska, this tough September schedule, um, what kind of what kind of attitude uh, is there in the locker room right now as you guys prepare for a tough September? Everyone everyone's hungry. Everyone's ready to go. Everyone's excited. Algie, thanks for the time, man. Thank you. Thanks. 
Algie Brown, two-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access at fall football camp. He said a couple of things I want to bring up. First of all, before we get to the nicknames, <laughs> he's lost seven or eight pounds. He was listed at 246 last year, so that drops him, let's say, to 238, which is right where Harvey Unga was, who he has been compared to often. Interesting. I think that Harvey was quicker, faster, uh, but Algernon Brown has the chance to be a good running back. I don't know that he's a thousand yard back, but if he can get seven hundred plus, that would be good, right? That would be good. I think that's I think that's the goal for Algernon Brown this year. Is seven hundred plus? Hopefully, Nate Carter can have three or four hundred. Taysom can, uh, you know, I think push a thousand would be nice because that's kind of where he was pacing. Uh, last year, maybe he, everyone wants a little less rushing from Taysom. If he doesn't convert it through the air, you got to make up those yards somewhere. So it's if it's with his legs, whatever. Okay, so the other running backs have nicknames. Nate Carter is either Shaky or Penguin, according to Guy Holiday. I'm guessing he he's going to go with Shaky there. And then Adam, I love that the Machine. Okay, Adam Heaney, the Machine. <laughs> machine. Haitian sensation. The Haitian sensation. Those those are good. But Algae needs a nickname. I've heard seaweed. <laughs> Seaweed was from, who was that from? Uh, at BYU to NFL. Uh, you could probably make that like, Sea Monster, maybe? But sea, Seaweed? Seaweed's pretty good. Seaweed? Okay. Okay. Brown Sugar? <laughs> Brown Sugar. Oh, okay. I don't know. We need, we need your help, BYU Probably Sports not Nation. that one. Let's, well, let's come up with we... a nickname for Algie Brown. <laughs> Get him, so, get him right listen, in the running back's room, okay? At Jeff JBYU says, it's flowers. He just doesn't want to admit it. I don't know the reference there. Flowers? Is it flowers? Is it really flowers? I don't okay. know. I don't get the reference. All right. Maybe someone closes it. Send them in. Send it in, Jerome. Who will be the starting middle linebacker? The starting middle linebackers for BYU at Nebraska. Paul Tidwell joins us next on BYU Sports Nation. He'll give us the scoop. Also, someone asked, is there a BYU football player that weighs as much as the two of us? BYU Sports Station brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Starting next Tuesday, one week from today, the broadcast uh, of BYU Sports Nation regularly at noon Eastern time will be rebroadcast for the first time and regular, regularly starting next Tuesday at 6 Eastern time. Check that out. Plus, this Friday, we will have the, the 2015 BYU football season preview show. We're going to spend the entire show previewing the highlights and matchups and things you need to know for every single opponent on the schedule for BYU as well as the bowl situation that's coming up this Friday on BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, good stuff. Super Tuesday. Okay, we we mentioned the nicknames. We'll get to those in a moment. But someone asked if there was someone on the team that weighed as much or more than what we weigh combined. I believe it was at JNails21, correct? Okay, so there's one player that fits this. Manu Mulitalo weighs 368 pounds. He is the heaviest dude on the BYU football team, and he weighs more than both Currently of us on the BYU football team. Now, if you look at missionaries that are out in the field... Now, there is one in particular that comes to mind. Mount Motakiailangi. Yes, he also weighs three of them. A cool 410. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines... BYU men's basketball beat the European Basketball Academy yesterday in Barcelona, Spain. 102-74. Jamal Eights did not play for the second game in a row, but he tweeted that he's just resting. The Cougars look to finish the Spanish trip, uh, trip undefeated today against CB Castedefels at 2 p.m. Eastern. 
BYU football's home game against Virginia in 2020 is now September 9th, 2023. That looks like week two, according to fbschedules.com. How many games are on the 2023 schedule now? Oh, man. It's got to be like five, right? You ask me these questions, and I have to (laughs) answer them. I'll look it up. Last night's number 19 BYU women's soccer team's match in Hawaii against the third-ranked Stanford Cardinal was canceled due to unplayable field conditions. Apparently, it rained and rained some more. It hadn't rained for hours up until the game, but it was still so bad they couldn't play. They're trying to reschedule, but no guarantee there. BYU soccer, by the way, ranked number 14 by top drawer soccer in this week's rankings. Here's what we've got in 2023. Stanford in week one, Virginia in week two. Those are both at home. Uh, and then in October, Boise State at home, and then in November at USC. Uh, Stanford, Virginia, Boise State at home. We're seeing this more yeah. and more often now. I hope BYU doesn't have to play those games, though. I hope they're playing Oklahoma, Texas, Texas Tech, Kansas. Not so much. You get what I'm saying. And USA Volleyball plays Brazil again tonight in the USA V Cup in the Jenny Craig Pavilion at the University of San Diego, affectionately known as the Slim Jim. The Slim Jim. Slim Jim. We found out during the break that the Flowers nickname offered up for Algie Brown We're uneducated, so is, is in reference to the book by the name of Flowers for Algernon. One listener apparently is super offended that we didn't know that, so we apologize. Well, of course we know that Daniel Keyes wrote this short story, science fiction, <laughs> in 1958. <laughs> of course we knew that. At Calvin underscore Branson says, two college graduates and you don't get the Flowers for Algernon reference? Come on, man! Brandon Flowers, the killers? That's the reference I thought of. We'll it was better. only a kiss. We'll do better. We will do better. BYU inside linebackers coach Paul Tidwell is the veteran in the coaching room. He's been with BYU football longer than even Bronco Mendenhall. Believe it. He is the second of our two-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access interviews from fall football camp. Coach, one of the big topics this fall camp has been who's going to be the guy that's vocal and is the leader that way and also in the right position. When you look at your position group, the linebackers, who do you see emerging as that guy? Uh, probably I'd have to say two guys, and that's a good thing. Um, Manoa is our senior linebacker, and, and then Harvey Longy. So Manoa, Pakula, Harvey Longy, those two guys have really, really done a great job of um, stepping up to the role that they have as an inside backer, um, summer workouts, conditioning, and then this fall camp. I've just really been impressed with their maturity. Their level of uh, leadership is, is just what we need. It's, uh, now we've got to back it up with the way they play. <clears throat> but, um, gosh, I'm really pl- proud of them and, and pleased with how they're uh, accepting their responsibility as an inside backer. Can you coach a guy to be a leader, or does he have to take on that role himself or some combo? You know, I think both. I think both. Um, you know, I think it's my responsibility when they come in as a young linebacker to kind of set the set the tone for them and set the stage on what's expected of an inside backer. They make the calls on defense. They, they've got to be first. They've got to be up front. They've got to be hardest workers in the weight room. And, you know, I try to instill that in them um, as they come in as a linebacker at whatever level. And a lot of them... Um, are just kind of born that way, too. So I think it's both. And I think if you can have a, a good combination of a, a, any coach that um, tries to build leadership and then have natural leaders, it's, it's a good combination. How different is that 
leadership role when you look at this year's team, what you just explained, to where you were at this point last year? You know, we had uh, we, we started two linebackers last year, Zach Stout and Jeremiah, and uh, Jeremiah's back this year. And just their personalities, very quiet, both of them, very quiet. Now, on the field, they did a good job of directing traffic and, and making the calls. But off the field, just a real quiet person. And uh, some things like that, personalities, you just you can't change. You know, Jeremiah is still one of the quietest guys on the team. I mean, you got to put some rap music on and get him dancing to, <laughs> you know, to get him loosened up a little bit. But, you know, he's, he's uh, just a, his personality is quiet. So I would say we're more vocal this year. And uh, I think last year players looked up to, to Zach Stout, but he wasn't a real vocal leader um, off the field like these two are. Everyone says Jeremiah or JLD. Does anyone know, actually know how to say his name? Or MLP? Who's MLP? Moroni Laulu Pututau. Oh, yeah, Moroni. <laughs> See? Yeah, that's what I call him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you even know how to J- say Jer- JLD? Jeremiah Luda, Luda Doyer. I believe, I believe that's good enough. Yeah, We'd have that to will check pass. The, the yeah, judges yeah. have just cleared yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Clear. We've, yeah. cle- we've cleared that. Just checking. <laughs> much easier. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> when you look at the core of linebackers you have, do you have any concerns about the depth at inside linebacker this year? Um, concerns? We've, we've got some young ones. You know, we do have some young ones. Uh, Austin Heater, we need him back. We need his leadership. We need his experience. Um, he's been out pretty much all of camp. Why has he been out? Um, injury. Yeah, just injury. And uh, yeah, it's nothing, ser- nothing season-ending, just nagging. So we, and he should practice this week. So we'll get him back, and he'll add a lot of experience. Having Jeremiah moved outside kind of took away that second-tier experience. I mean, I was really, like, smiling all the way to the bank with, you know, the leaders, the 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 experience had two juniors and two seniors at uh, at the depth there at, at inside backer now with Austin Hurt and Jeremiah moved outside we're a little thinner with our depth so the young guys coming in you know our freshmen and sophomores so we'll be okay we'll be all right give us an idea of the pecking order at uh, Mike linebacker and Buck uh, Mike linebacker right now is Harvey um, behind him will be Austin when he's back um, Adam Pulsifer is doing really well. Um, he, I trust Adam. He knows his assignments. There's things he needs to work on, as, as all of them. But uh, so those those three, and then uh, Buck, uh, Manoa will start at, at, at Buck, and then I think the next Buck to come in would be Jeremiah, and then we would put someone outside. So Jeremiah is our swing player. So if we have uh, injuries or, or, or backup needs at uh, inside backer, Jeremiah would always could come back inside. And then and then we have you know Rhett Sandlin's learning the position and Butch Pau. So you got some fun names in there. That's another yeah. one. Butch. Yeah. Pau. <laughs> Butch. Hey Butch. Butch. Just go with the first name. You can't yeah, go wrong. Exactly. You mentioned the the rap music that Jeremiah needs to get going. What what do you need? To get to get yourself going, if you're feeling in a, in a quiet mood, little Kanye for you, Paul. Who's Kanye? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Western? Good answer, Kanye Leuta Doyer. Kanye. What gets me going? Gosh, 
um, my players, I think. I think they inspire me more than than anything. So I would say my inside bat linebackers, um, they they inspire me. They get me going. So. Are you seeing a tangible difference this year with Bronco back in the room all the time? Um, yeah, you know, his experience and leadership and calm approach to game planning and also his stern determination to make sure everything's done exactly right is comforting. And to have he and, and Nick, Nick is a, uh, it's like having two D coordinators in there. Nick is very, very intelligent, very smart, um, knows the secondary and, and well, he knows the whole defense really well. So they're, they're a really good combination for each other. And then uh, Coach Papinga is uh, just a warrior when it comes to studying numbers and other defenses and he brings a lot to the table as well. So, But Bronco brings us all together. Coach Paul Tidwell, great to have you on BYU Sports Nation. It's great to be with you. You guys are awesome. We love BYU TV. Paul Tidwell, inside linebackers coach, part of our BYU Sports Nation All Access at Fall Football. JLD. MLP. Who's who's MLP? I feel like it's Rocket, uh, yeah, Rocket Ma- Man when he's trying to fit in. He's just starting to ESPN, ABC. Paul Tidwell uh, brings up a good point. You can't force a guy to be a vocal leader, and he didn't have that last year. Well, now he says he has two dudes leading the way, Manoa Pakula and Harvey Long. So it'll be interesting to see how much of a difference that makes on the field. Okay, now back you, to the nicknames, Jim. Yeah, you need those guys to be good. Okay, a couple uh, good nicknames have been said. Algie Brown nicknames. Vic Soto, okay? Former BYU player, NFL player. Downtown Algie Brown. Very, I like that one. He's got to like go the distance a couple times for us to give him that, okay? Since, or, since he's faster. Or Downton Algie. Oh, yeah. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Downton Algie. <laughs> At Jared Man Jared. UPS, what can Brown do for you? See, that, one, that one's that's my fa- favorite. That's fastball. That's I like you, it. What can UPS? UPS. Get the ball to UPS. <laughs> this is the team with three-letter guys, right? JLD, MLP, UPS. It's true. It's true. What can Brown do for you? At well Jeff, played. At Jeff J. BYU. The Hulk snaps the ball to Taters. Tater hands off to Flowers. Flowers rumbles for a 14-yard gain. Hashtag unpopular nicknames. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> oh. Hey, just have one ready by September 5th, okay? Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 11 days. 11! We're getting so close! Favorite number, 11 right there. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models. Leaders, graduates, and champions, be willing to help them succeed with your donation, and welcome to the club. Coming off of a national championship appearance, what kind of expectations are there for BYU women's volleyball? Amy Boswell joins us in studio next. We'll ask the 6'4 volleyball star. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Studio B. Friday night, 14th ranked women's soccer, at least according to Top, Top Drawer, Drawer Soccer. soccer. We'll find out tonight from the NSCAA. Uh, women's soccer takes on Colorado in the regular season home opener, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. That's this Friday night. Don't miss it. BYU trying to remain undefeated after the Hawaii trip, which very few people thought would happen. That's true, well, because they, didn't, they didn't have the game with Stanford. But they beat Cal, which was a nice it's win. It's a nice win. Uh, we have a new Twitter question. What is your nickname for Al G. Brown? <laughs> <laughs> Some great responses so far. At True Brew Coog. 
Alger Nonstop Brown. Okay. Love it. How okay. about at Bean Mace, my favorite BYU fan? How about no nickname? <laughs> okay. Hey, thanks. Okay. Thanks for ruining the mojo, Bean. <laughs> Come on, bro. Joining BYU Sports Nation now is a young lady who just told us she had a nickname. We'll get to more of that in just a bit. Amy Boswell, six foot four, middle blocker for BYU Women's Volleyball. Amy, welcome to Studio B. Thank you so much. If we were standing up, we'd do the high knees in your honor right now. The <laughs> yes. uh, the celebration. So good. When did that just like naturally start to happen? Well, well, let me ask you this: When did you first do that? I seriously started that back in high school. Okay. It. I don't remember if I decided to do it, if it just happened. It's, yeah. It's impressive, though. I mean, they, <laughs> they are high knees. There's some guys on the football team that have a hard time yeah. getting the high knees as high that, as you do. Now, my concern with that is how much energy are you expending in the celebration part of volleyball? I don't know. There's huge, right? Momentum shifts. You got to yeah. bring the energy. Yeah. So... It's, it's worth it. Okay, for sure. it's worth it, yeah. For sure. Part of being a middle blocker. It, it, really, it really, well, middle blockers aren't the ones that are getting up normally. It's, I feel like it's the outsides that are springing around. The middle, it's like, yeah. oh, I gotta. We go block, though, from but side that, to oh, side. Oh, that's, yeah. that's decent. I'm talking post play, in the play. I think everyone, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, we, we uh, for those on BYU TV, we have a little bit of video. Maybe we'll tweet out your, your high knees, but this, <laughs> you, you're known for this. And at the Y Awards, we actually. Oh we gosh. actually gave, we did a little ode to you guys because you guys were presenters. That what'd was you, fantastic. What did you think of that? That was fantastic. You guys seriously made my night. They're like, Amy Boswell. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> that one actually landed, unlike my, um, unlike my uh, Shaq voice. Yeah. But, <laughs> okay. Shaq loves Kyle Collinsworth. Sh- yeah, Shaq, Shaq loves T. John's like, you went back to it again, Jaron. Why did you do that? Me and T. John, we just <laughs> lift all the time. Well, uh, we were talking about nicknames for Algernon Brown. Do you have a nickname? Mine... Boz is one that people call me sometimes. Just Boz. Just Boz. As opposed to the Boz, Brian Bosworth. Yeah. Just Boz. That works for you? Yeah. Okay. You can use that, Mr. Play by Play. Okay. This season on BYU TV. It has been registered, accounted for. It's going to be tough to beat high knees. Ooh. High knees, Amy Boswell. That, that is also a good one. I'll <laughs> take that one, too. Let's talk about the actual season and what's happening right now. You just finished the blue and white scrimmage. Uh, mm-hmm. Good volleyball on Saturday that uh, kind of did a mock broadcast on BYU TV to get our crew ready. Uh, but when you look at where you came from last year, national runners up into this offseason, yeah. new coach, all the transitioning, how has it been for you? It's been fantastic, right? Um, we had a really good spring season, which I think helps us gain a little bit co- of confidence into this next coming season. Um, the transition from Sean to Heather has been beautifully smooth. Um, Heather is fantastic. So it's, I mean, one of the first things she said to us on the very first day of practice was, this is a new team, this is a new challenge. So we're going to go with that and see how it takes us. Yeah, what's that like? Because last year was so so magical, right? The greatest season in women's volleyball history at BYU. Yeah. Wild, right? And then you come back and you got you got to play again. You got to <laughs> you got to do something else to to find this team. So yeah. so how do you how do you uh leave a mark, I guess, for this season and and how do you separate yourself yet connect yourself at the same time to last year's squad? Yeah. I mean, it's there's a lot of returning people from last year's squad. And so for us, it's like, oh, my gosh, we want to get back there. It's like as soon as we've tasted it, it's like I want to get back there every time. So that's one of the things that us core group of girls want for sure. And it's something that girls, a couple of our freshmen actually were able to watch those final games. And they're like, I want to get there. So it's it's kind of contagious. We've been there and... It's exciting. You just used the phrase beautifully smooth (laughs) to talk about the transition between 
Sean and Heather Olmsted, brother mm-hmm. and sister. Yeah. But they're very different. They are very different. What is the biggest difference between the two coaches in their coaching styles that you have seen? Oh, I don't know if there's – honestly, I don't know if there's a huge difference between their coaching style. Even their handwriting is similar on the board. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I love it, though. No. Um, I don't know. We're excited for Sean and the things that he's done, and we it was awesome to have him as our coach. But Heather was a huge part of what we did last year. She is one of the most hardworking people I've ever met. We fly, right? We fly everywhere. And you'll see Heather, all of us are usually sleeping and she'll be on her computer just typing away, doing film and recruiting and stats. And she's awesome. We like to make Sean feel uncomfortable. <laughs> what does Heather do better than Sean? Oh, okay. Could be odd. It could be coaching otherwise. How about I, dress better? I would than say Sean? she dresses better than Sean. <laughs> Sean's going to be on tomorrow. Sean will be on tomorrow. So we no, do, we, we love Sean. And it was a running joke that he's got his highlighter shorts and his polo shirt and his socks. And we're like, Sean, Dan Graham, our trainer, every once in a while, he'd be like, Sean. Did Farrah let you out of the house like that? And he's like, I just left. I just left. But no, we love Sean. Heather's got style, though. She picks out a lot of our gear. She's got style. That's good. You throw on a trucker hat and give me a (laughs) set tournament stash. It's uh, it's the complete package. Classic. Hey, when you look at the personality and the makeup of this year's team, we've talked so much about what what a great run last year's team had. You lose Jen Hampson. What is the personality and the makeup of this year's team? What do you what what are you this year? This year, I think we've got a lot of people returning, like you said, and the freshman class that we got in are fantastic. So I think our dynamic as we've been playing in the gym is tons of competition, right? We've got multiple position, multiple people in each position. So that's always like, oh, I got to work my hardest. I got to, I got to perform in order to get that playing time that I want. So the competition in the gym is awesome right now. Um, We also have a lot of fun. We went on a team retreat. A couple or last weekend, and we we just laughed and sang and danced, and it was awesome. It's an awesome group of girls. And the competition begins quickly this weekend uh, at USC. You play Chicago State, number seven North Carolina, mm-hmm. and number twenty two USC BYU. Of course, ranked number eleven. So good luck uh, in LA, and thanks for the time being on BYU. Thank Sports you Nation. so much. Can we give her a little karma? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> we need to do the, the, the BYU Sports Nation karma. Number two yes. in blocks last year. We didn't even mention that. I think number two in blocks last year. Number one on the same team, Whitney uh, Young Howard. There you go. Awesome. Two of the best middle blockers in the country. We'd also like you to sign our BYU Sports Nation Rise Up flag during the commercial break. Nice. Amy Boswell of BYU Women's Volleyball. Thanks, Amy. Thank you guys so much. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, it's time to whip it. Get you caught up on anything and everything else across BYU Sports Nation, plus more of your favorite tweets. Algie Brown needs a nickname. (laughs) We've got some top candidates. Keep them coming. If you recall, Amy's brother, Michael, actually played on the basketball team a while ago. Six or seven years ago. Share the wealth, Amy. I know, Boswell family. 503 (laughs) repping, man. Woo! BYU Sports Nation presents in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Los Cougars moved to 3-0 in Spain with a 102-74 win over European Basketball Academy yesterday. Chase Fisher scored 22 points. Kyle Collinsworth had 11 points and 14 assists. Los Cougars, again, finished four-game Spanish tour today at 2 Eastern time. Also, Cougar Trent Playstead signed with La Unión Formosa of La Liga in Argentina. Former Los Soccer. Cougar. The Cougars are ranked 14th the in the Cougar. latest top-drawer soccer poll. 
Their game against number three Stanford postponed due to unplayable conditions on the field yesterday. Rescheduling discussions underway. They're home on Friday to Colorado. Football. The Virginia versus BYU matchup, which was originally scheduled for 2020, is now scheduled for 2023. Also, Bronco Mendenhall told media members yesterday he will be giving out two scholarships to current walk-ons either this weekend or early Continue loves men's volleyball. Next week. (laughs) Bronco interrupts me all the time. (laughs) USA Volleyball plays Brazil again tonight in the USAV Cup in the Jenny Craig Pavilion. At the University of San Diego, the arena affectionately known as the Slim Jim. Brazil beat the USA on Sunday in five sets. Tomorrow, Sean Olmstead will be on BYU Sports Nation to uh, answer the call of uh, Heather dressing better than him uh, from Amy Boswell. Amy Boswell, as well as we will announce the 2016 BYU men's volleyball schedule. Uh, there's one particular matchup that I'm very excited about. Uh, we'll, t- we'll release that tomorrow. Plus Friday, the BYU football season preview. On BYU Sports Nation, regular time, noon Eastern time, we'll get you ready for BYU football, which next week's game week, man. I can't believe it. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you needed most. DexterLaw.com. Jeremy, I just thought of this. I want to give it to Robert and I for clarifying that it's not a fire baton. Yes, that was. Can you tell us about the fire uh, baton? Flaming, flaming, flaming baton. baton. He said. That's no flaming baton. That's a Samoan fire knife. If you got stuck with one of those, you'd remember it. <laughs> the next great was... soundbite from Robert and I. Yeah, I couldn't think of what you call that either. Yeah. Awesome. What is your nickname for Algernon Brown? That is our new Twitter question. And we go to our elite tweet of the day from at Soto underscore Vic, former BYU and NFL player, says, Downtown Algy Brown. Since he's faster or Downton Algy. Oh, my goodness. That's the elite tweet, baby. Hey, thanks to Algernon Brown, Paul Tidwell, Amy Boswell, and everyone on our crew. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using hashtag BYUSN. He's going to get wind of these at some point, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Manaya Brown. In French, it's Whiskers. Bearded. Mmm.